This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. I want to thank our sponsors, Mickey Fins, Marlboro PD Electric, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. I would say welcome to another edition of No Stop Lights, but you're watching uh, No Stop Lights, so you know it's another edition of No Stop Lights. Before we go to the subject at hand, I want to make sure that in the um, in the name of promoting the conservative agenda, we wish Bruce Springsteen a belated happy 74th uh, birthday. I didn't hear a round of applause, so we'll move on to, to something else. When I ran for office, one of the issues I had to overcome as a Republican seeking office statewide in South Carolina was my affinity for Born to Run. Uh, one of the bloggers did a story and asked all the candidates what their favorite song was. And in typical, you know, political expediency fashion, the majority of the better candidates um, named a country anthem. I was stupid enough to say Born to Run and um, had some backlash from my affinity for uh, the New Jersey rock and roller who is not so much aligned with South Carolina conservative values or the ones we espouse on no stoplights. Um, I want to go to a kind of a a, a recent article and we'll circle, uh, we'll we'll circle the the target and see if we can make heads or tails of the, um, the poll that I believe is an outlier, ABC News. Washington Post poll found Donald Trump ahead of Joe Biden, 52-42%. Now, I'm the first to admit that I don't trust that poll. There, there is no way Donald Trump wins the popular vote by 10 percentage points. I just don't buy that. Um, but there are some seriousness to this poll, despite it being somewhat of an outlier. Um, one, one of the, I don't know, one, one of the... Um, one of the nuggets of information within the poll that caught my attention was the um, the partisan divisions that were calculated, 25 Republican, 25 Democrat, 42% independents. To me, that's a underrepresentation of either party, overrepresentation of the independents. The Democrat Party is a little bit bigger nationally than the Republican Party. So in, in all honesty, as someone who would like to see Donald Trump win the White House, if indeed it is the binary choice between he and and Joe Biden, I, I would have trusted a poll that had, um, let's say, 28% Republicans, 30.5% Democrats, the ballots, independents, and unaffiliates. They don't really um, tell us exactly what percentage of the independents were unaffiliates. And, and there is a difference. I mean, an independent says, I'm an independent. The unaffiliate says, you know, I'm not an independent, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. Whatever strikes me that day is where my political loyalties and allegiances um, lie. But but let's dig into this just a bit. Um, when it comes to job performance, the approve, disapprove uh, of Joe Biden is 19 points underwater. That is significant. That's a big deal. Um, when it comes to Biden's performance on the economy, he's even um, climbing further uphill. He's 30, 30% of Americans approve of the way Biden's handling the economy those 30% ain't bought groceries and ain't bought gas in the past couple of years. Um, so if you want to know what percentage of Americans don't buy groceries and don't buy gas, it's the 30% that think Joe Biden is doing a decent job on the economy. On handling immigration at the U.S.-Mexico border, Biden's rating uh, is 23%. So despite buying, Biden saying the, the border is secure, 
Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're keeping tabs on those entering our country. The American people aren't buying that. Um, and then you've got 20% strongly approve of his work overall. Um, that's once again, those who haven't bought groceries or gas in the last couple of years, 45% strongly disapprove. Um, 74% of likely voters or registered voters in this poll say he's too old for a second um, term. This is the interesting part, and then we'll get to um, some other, uh, we'll get in the minutiae of the poll. If a government shutdown occurs at months in, 40% say they chiefly blame Biden and the Democrats in Congress. 33% say they blame uh, the Republicans in Congress, and that's just the overall frustration the electorate have with Biden and the um, and the Biden presidency. Now, here's kind of an interesting um Ah, factoid they left out. They never asked the the respondents to factor in the effects of Donald Trump's possible conviction in these crimes. And he's been indicted four times. Uh, he's not been convicted. But, but they didn't say, would you change your mind if Trump were convicted of one of these crimes? Because uh, there are pending trials that will overlap very significantly with the, with the campaign, uh, the primary in particular. Um, they didn't ask respondents about the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden connection. You know, I didn't know anything about my son's business turned into, I've never been in business with my son turned into, I never personally benefited from my son's, uh, being in business. So the goalposts moved not once, not twice, but three times a lady. Um, let's, let's go to this kind of an interesting factoid of the, of the dissecting of the information in the ABC Washington, uh, post poll. We, we talked about Biden's disapprovals, 19 points underwater. The American people don't believe that Biden is doing a good job. I personally, without being as insulting as I'd like to be, I mean, I think Joe Biden has never been accused of being, you know, a movement leader. Joe Biden has never been accused of being intellectually in the top percent of men or women in Congress. Um, his predecessor, who advanced a liberal agenda, uh, Barack Obama, you can accuse Obama of a lot of things. I mean, I think Obama's a devout communist, but I don't think he's dumb. I mean, I think he's highly intelligent, highly capable, highly competent when it comes to the intelligentsia necessary to transform a political party from what it is to what he'd like it uh, to become. Nobody accuses Bill Clinton of being dumb. I mean, you can disagree with their policy. I do vehemently oppose what Bill Clinton wanted to do. Um, I think Hillary Clinton is... Um, not the equal of Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. But when you look at the most recent Democrat presidents, you got Bill Clinton, highly intelligent, and you got Barack Obama, highly intelligent, and you've got Joe Biden. And we'll leave it there um, and, and not, you know, um, disparage a man who is in the winter of his political career and, and probably in the winter and the winter of his life. But let's go to Donald Trump, because I think this is so interesting um, to me. When Donald Trump left office, remember we talked about Joe Biden being 19 points underwater on approved, disapproved. When Donald Trump left office, 38% of Americans approved of the job he was doing, 60% disapproved. So he was in Biden territory. Biden's minus 19, Trump was minus 22. Um, not exactly the same, but in the same, in the same neighborhood. Um, today, Donald Trump, on the approved, disapproved, 48% approve of Donald Trump. Now, you can't approve of his job performance because he's not doing a job. I mean, he's not in the presidency. So he gets a little bit 
of the doubt. I mean, inflation and, you know, some of the other issues facing the country, immigration, we talked about a second ago. Um, You can't pin that on Trump. Um, I think the reason, uh, remember the bumper stickers when Obama gets elected and some of the George W. stickers, Miss Me Yet? I mean, I I think there's some of that Miss Me Yet embedded in these approved, disapproved numbers. But here's what I find astounding, and here's what I really think is kind of the, the, the central argument of what's happening in American politics today. Every imaginable influencer in America, and I'm talking about outside of Twitter, and I guess we thank good Lord in heaven that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Take a swallow of this Pepsi Zero Sugar, ate some peanut butter. Before we went on the air, and a little sticky mouth going on here. Um, want to make sure I speak with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the southern accent needs to be fluent. It doesn't need to be um, impacted or affected by peanut butter stuck on the roof. Uh, of the mouth, but uh, but remember, when when you when Trump leaves office, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It, it, it would, I mean, and there were a lot of, uh, I mean, Donald Trump's a controversial political figure. I mean, he's never going to be beloved by the masses. He's just not. He's polarizing. He is um, divisive. He's irreverent. I mean, I, we use all those adjectives to describe Donald Trump, and he's he's all of that and more. But when you look at the state of the economy, and, and I go back to the, to the sticker that George missed me yet, I think when you look at Biden's number, 19 underwater, when you look at Trump who left office after a pan, or in the middle of a pandemic, minus 22, um, and now all of a sudden he's minus one, 48% approve of Donald Trump. Approve of what? Approve of what he did. I mean, I think there's some, some, some retrospection in there. Uh, 48% of Americans are now kind of concluding that, hey, the, the, the guy may have been irreverent. The guy may have been narcissist. The guy may have been a horse's ass. But but the economy sure did seem like it was in a better place when he ran the place or ran the joint than it does today. So so here's, I think, the, the, the overriding message of the 2024 presidential election. I'm on the record that if the election were held today or tomorrow or the next day, Donald Trump gets elected. I mean, there, there's an acceptance now. And there's some theorizing out there that the ABC News Washington Post poll is kind of a follow-up to David Ignatius of the Washington Post saying that as great a president as Joe Biden has been, we probably need to find somebody else to run in 2024. That gave some of the the, the less influential insider elitist in D.C. permission to question whether Biden should run again. You, you got to ask yourself, if this poll is an outlier, was it done with the intent to try and stir up some animus or, excuse me, some energy for somebody other than than Joe Biden to be the, the Democrat nominee. The Republican side of the coin is, is, to me, the argument is this. 91 felony charges, four indictments, and Donald Trump's approvals go up 10%. It's almost like Trump needs one more indictment and six more felonies to put this election on, on, on ice. I mean, if he were indicted one more time, and if there were seven more felonies, maybe his um, maybe his approved, disapproved goes positively. Uh, more people approve of what he's doing than, than disapprove of what he's doing. Every Everybody that felt they had the ability to influence the presidential campaign has done all they can to drive a wedge between Trump and his base. The, 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 the America first generational realignment that's happening in the Republican Party has been, ah, 
for about six years now, probably seven years now, um, they've tried to drive a wedge. And I'm talking about the Democrats. I'm talking about the neocons. I'm talking about the elitist. I'm talking about the ruling class. I'm talking about the credentialed class, academia in general, historians by nature, everybody that you could imagine, everybody that you would expect. Um, and historically, they've been able to do this. I mean, they've been able to drive a wedge. They've been able to kind of create a narrative. They've been able to, to kind of spook people away from, uh, I kind of like this guy, but all these things I'm hearing say I shouldn't. In other words, you, you've got a person, and that person, that person considers himself to be an America firster. But, but all of a sudden, the, the, they're told over and over and over and over again that this guy can't win. I mean, there's no, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy, you're casting a ballot into the abyss if you elect this guy as the Republican nominees, there, there's, just, there's no way he can win. And a, a lot of people never bought into that, but some did. And it seems to me that we've come full circle, and the only person or the most likely person to win the Republican nomination is Donald Trump. I mean, it's hard to dispute that. It's hard to argue that. I mean, I, when, when it started, it was going to be, it was going to be a two-headed monster. You know, you got Trump in one corner, DeSantis in the other. And then you've got these minor candidates, and they'll, you know, they'll endure until we get to South Carolina. They'll make it through Iowa because it's kind of weird the way they do it with the caucus. And then you go to New Hampshire, a little bit of a different sort of dynamic there. And then you come to get old South Carolina, and that's where, you know, that's where you put your stake in the ground and you're in for the long haul or not. Um, and we felt, many, um, many Republicans felt that it was going to be a hotly contested race between Trump, who wanted to talk about the 2020 election, and most Republicans believe the more we talk about the 2020 election, um, the least or the less we're winning. Got to be visionary, forward-looking. Uh, that's kind of the textbook on American political campaigns. You don't want to look back, but rather look ahead. So you need to be looking forward. DeSantis was kind of the um, the heir apparent to the throne of, you know, the, um, uh, what am I trying to say? The, uh, the original gangster of America first was Donald Trump. So who gets to carry the baton on the next leg? And and many Republicans insisted it was going to be um, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis gets in the race at about 31%. I think when DeSantis got in, I went back and looked yesterday. When DeSantis got in the race, Trump was at about 36. DeSantis was at about 31. Well, that's a horse race. Now, but that's a hotly contested political campaign waiting to happen for whatever reason. And I really don't know the reason why. Um but when DeSantis gets in at 31-ish in a week or two or three, he's at 26-ish in another week or two or three. He's at 23-ish in another week or two or three. He's at 18-ish or somewhere thereabout, and he's kind of settled somewhere between 15 and 18 uh, percentage points. Trump has basically gone from the upper 30s to the mid-40s. And, I mean, someone asked me why. I don't know. Don't have any idea other than – if DeSantis is going to be like Trump, why not vote for the original article? In other words, if I've got a chance to vote for Trump or someone who emulates, uh, maybe with more uh, more reverence, more respect, more decorum, um, you know, more, uh, more more as you would expect a candidate to behave. But it just didn't come to fruition. I mean, it didn't come to fruition. We've got a debate that I think probably knocks out another two or three of these candidates, but um, but what the Republican Party is trying to decide who their nominee is going to be 
There is no way now that candidates can stay on a debate stage and say Trump is not electable. I mean, that, that goes out of the window. I, I'm not saying the Washington Post did Donald Trump a favor. I'm sure they didn't intend to if they did. They certainly, um, ABC News uh, didn't do Donald Trump a favor. And that leads me to believe that the intent of this poll is to once again kind of second the motion that David Ignatius made and allowed Democrats to consider whether or not Joe Biden is the right nominee for the Democrat Party. Because, guys, that you can't defend his administration. I mean, you really and truly, when you look at his accomplishments, I mean, they're far and few between, or few and far between. Well, far and few between, few and far between. But, but, but he has one thing. He has one notch in his belt. And, and what is that one notch in his belt? He beat Trump. Now, now we can argue the merits of the election. We can ar- argue the statistical anomalies. We've done some of that uh, over the airways. But the one thing Joe Biden can say is, I'm a Democrat who beat Donald Trump. They're not sure he can do it again. Now, is the lack of uh, assuredness in that they kind of sort of know that some rules were lenient during the pandemic, or is it uh, what the ABC Washington Post poll says that the public in general believe this guy sucks at the job? He's just not very good um, at the job. So when you when you basically try and break down the ABC News Washington Post poll. That, that is, I mean, to me, the, the, the biggest winner in this poll is clearly Donald Trump. Because once again, there is no Republican candidate nor honest Republican primary voter. I mean, I know some never-Trumpers. And the reason they're never-Trumpers is they say the guy can't win. I mean, he lost the presidency in 20. They didn't do as well as, uh, well, let's go all the way back to 18. The midterms that underperformed. 20, he loses. 22, they underperformed. There was an expectation to pick it up more House seats and maybe gain control of the Senate. They didn't do that. Um, but when you look at the data within this poll, it's clear that Donald Trump not only can win if the election were held today, he could win. But, but is the intent of the poll that there is no way the intent of the poll was to breathe life or energy into Donald Trump's campaign? I mean, that there was no intent in trying to resolve the issue that never Trump Republican primary voters have with Donald Trump. We've estimated, and I think some data suggests this, we've estimated that somewhere between 9 and 12% of Republican primary voters will not come back and vote in the general if Trump's the nominee. And a lot of their rationale is, well, I mean, they, they just find him disgusting and they don't like him and, uh, you know, it maybe some of it's ideological. I mean, I would imagine there's some of the neocons. Yeah, I, 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 one of the things we should require, if America First is getting control of the um of the Republican Party and I think they are, but th- there is no official you know golden chair on the throne. Uh, McCarthy is trying to have it both ways, and I get it. I mean, the Speaker's got a complicated job. He's trying to say grace over you know some of the demands the America Firsters are making, some of the Freedom Caucus demands. Uh, talking about budgeting and 120 billion in spending cuts. That's a conversation for for another podcast. But it it would be hard to argue that the reason you don't want Trump to be the nominee is he can't win after some of the recent polling, and, and in particular after this ABC News Washington Post. Is it an outlier? I think it is, but it ain't that damn big an outlier. I mean, it, 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 it refutes and it dispels the myth that Trump can't win if he's the nominee in 2024. So if you're a Republican primary voter, 
and and you don't like him because he's not a neocon and he doesn't want to you know police the world and uh, he doesn't want to decide territorial disputes between or border disputes or, or war for that matter. I'm not calling it a territorial dispute nor a border dispute. Um, I think Trump has said before I'm a lot more interested in the Mexican American border than I am the Ukrainian um, Russian border. I second that motion uh, without any. But I understand the three or four or five percent Republican voters who just say no under no circumstance because he's dangerous. He he doesn't understand the complexities of of geopolitics and, and, and global affairs. He doesn't understand the importance of the UN and uh, NATO and some of these transatlantic and multinational organizations. I understand that. But but to the to the never Trumper who says I'm a never Trumper because I'm smarter than you are and you Trumpsters and you America Firsters are dumb enough to elect a guy or nominate a guy in a Republican primary that you simply can't win uh, the general election. This poll and this data dispels that. I mean, you can't stand on that on that leg anymore. The only debate about the Washington Post ABC News poll is: Was it to allow? Democrats to entice someone not named Joe Biden to consider running for president. It's obvious they're not happy with RFK Jr. Um, it, I don't know that they're okay with Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris. When you look at some of the negative numbers for for Joe Biden, about the only person on this planet in politics he outpolls is Kamala Harris. So is there a Gavin Newsom in waiting? Is there a Gavin Newsom on the horizon. Is there somebody else? Is there a Josh Shapiro, governor of Pennsylvania, who I believe is probably the most formidable candidate out there with a D beside beside his name? We shall see. I mean, we shall see as the the season begins to play itself out. Um, but but once again, the one thing that Joe Biden has, and 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 most have believed, is he beat Trump one time and he'll do it again. And I think once the, uh, once the cracks begin to show themselves that maybe, just maybe, he can't beat him again. And then once again, I don't want to relitigate the 2020 election. We'll do that in some of these trials as we work through, you know, the 2024 campaign. Uh, the, the Republican primary will have Donald Trump, the prohibitive favorite, and uh, I'm almost ready to say inevitable nominee in a courtroom one day and on the campaign trail um, the next day. But at what point in time of this process do the Democrats say it's time to consider someone else? And how do they how do they do that? How do you respectfully ask a guy to step aside? Do they ask a guy uh, to step aside? Does Biden take advice from uh, those in his inner circle? Does this poll matter to Joe Biden? Is there another poll coming next week or the week after that confirms uh, maybe not to this extensive degree, but is there some data point, analytic point out there that, that basically confirms some of what ABC News and Washington Post are saying? And and at what point does the DNC intervene and and the media kind of again carrying the water? Because I mean the, the you know the the traditional mainstream media is the propaganda arm and the marketing arm of the of the Democrat Party. So when the media decides when they get their marching orders and, and it, it appears to me they may have already gotten some of the marching orders. At least just put some trial balloons out. And let's, um, let's, let's skew a poll that, that builds momentum, that dispels the myth that Trump can't win, and then let's go find somebody not named Joe Biden and, and see if we can right this wrong. And, I mean, and, and if, you, if you're Trump, if you're an America firster, do you want to run against Gavin Newsom? 
I mean, do you want to run against charismatic, articulate California governor who's 35 years younger than Donald Trump? I don't. I don't. I mean, I think there's a generational issue that rears its head if you're Donald Trump, if you're a an America First Republican, I'd much rather run against a, uh, you know, a um, a man who has never been considered a policy or intellectual heavyweight, and he's in the end of a political career than I had someone the media can turn into what they really aren't, and by that I mean the media convinced many, many, many Americans that Barack Obama was a centrist. I mean, I knew in my heart he was a radical. I knew in my heart he was a at least a collectivist and redistributionist, probably more in line with socialist and, and communist, but he was articulate, he was bright, he was well-spoken, he was young, he was charismatic. Biden is none of that. Gavin Newsom is all of that. And if the media can convince the public that Barack Obama was a centrist, they can damn sure convince Many, many, many young, impressionable Americans that are considering somebody other than Joe Biden that Gavin Newsom is kind of the next flavor of the day for the DNC. <laughs>